Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Come on, church, let's celebrate the kindness of God as he moved among us, and he still is, so I am fired up for what God has for us today. So glad you're here. Welcome. Let's jump right in. Because God has made prayer accessible and beneficial. In fact, literally, we're going to invite you by the end of this teaching to text Devo to 37748 so that you can get in on it, so that you can access and engage and experience the presence of God. And this is entirely his design. Listen, it's yours if you want it. It's, it's sort of how God would say it to us. And, and so I got to help us illustrate this. And I'm going to need some help. So if there is like a, I just need one person, I, someone maybe high school, 20s, anywhere in their 20s, who is willing, anybody in that stage of life who is willing to come up and it'll take a couple seconds on stage. And if you know the value of cash, and you understand that value, and you want to make your, yourself come this way, anybody in that age stage that has the courage to do it, somebody in their 30s, just some, I see people talking amongst themselves, come on up, you don't have to be shy, man. Yeah, just get, let's give it up. He's got the courage to do it. Let's go. Oh, look, it looks like she's going to beat you, man. Let's say, first one up. You know what? Look, at you're willing to go. And then she just gets you. No, you, you come on up. You have a seat. Let's give it up for her. Come on up here. Give me your name. Annette. Hey, Annette. Everybody say, hey, Annette. Yeah. Now, Annette, we're going to do something here. I have a $100 bill, but this one's mine. But I imagine you could find some benefit if you had a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I understand. Now your hundred bucks, we have a hundred dollar bill that's wrapped up really tight. I mean, really small. And it's hidden somewhere in this 65,000 square foot building. <laughs> now, listen, it could be under a carpet. It could be in a toilet. It could be up in the rafters and you'll need scissor lifts. Uh, it could be in the children's ministry bin. It could be in the office. It could be taped under a chair. It'll probably take 100, 200 hours. But I'm telling you, it's out there for you and you can have it. Okay. And we're going to send you out to go look for it. Okay. Or everybody say with me, or, or, or. Or you could walk right through that door, go over to the coffee shop, go to the counter and say, PK sent me, and they'll just hand you an envelope with $100, whichever way you want to go. You can do the long 100, 200 hour search, or you can just walk through the door, through the what, everybody? You just walk through the door, go to the coffee, and when you do, come right back to me and show us that it worked, Okay. Everybody say bye, Annette. Bye. All right. Now, let's jump in and teach while she takes off. God has made prayer kind of like a $100 bill in this sense. It's beneficial. He has made it accessible and beneficial. Accessible than that many of us think, oh, prayer is like searching through the 65,000 square foot building to find the thing you're never going to find. So prayer really doesn't work. You're going to get tired, bored, weary, give up. That's not true. God has made himself accessible like walking through a door, through a what? Now you got to walk through the door, but he's made himself accessible and he's made it beneficial. Like if you will, 
like unto a hundred dollars. Meaning to say that Jesus used illustrations like water and to, to a plant or, or, or food to the body. And it's illustrative of the benefit that it gives to you. So Annette walked through the door. We're invited to walk through the door and to experience the benefits. Now, it's not really, oh, hand me cash. It's really these benefits. Let's just look on the screen. What God offers to us in prayer is his presence, his perspective, his peace, his power. Say those with me, everybody, wherever you're listening, 12 Stone Home, online, any campus, you're listening to it during the week, you're live, you're with us right now, everybody in the room, loud and proud, ready? The benefits of prayer are what? His presence, his perspective, his peace, and his power. All this, the kindness of God. He grabs, here comes Annette. You can't even see it when you're, I can see it. She's like running down the aisle, waving it. Come on up here, girl. Did it work? It worked. It worked. Wow, let's see. What do we got in here? Did you open it up yet? You didn't open it? Let's do it together. Let's see. Let's see. We don't even know if it worked yet. It worked. Oh, <laughs> all right. That's awesome. Hey, by the way, by the way, uh, would you like to do that again? Would you like to just walk right back through the door and go to the counter again? Just saying PK sent you. Okay. Have it. Hey, and it's not just for you. You know what? You, you can take anybody you want with you. Is there anybody who, you just walk down the aisle and you pick somebody and you take them with you. Okay. Because that's how all of us, how many people want to go with the net right now? Oh, everybody does. You know why? Listen, you know why you want him? Look at she's about to make a friend. <laughs> how many want to be Annette's friend? Oh, I want to be Annette's friend. Listen, how many of you would walk through that door all day, every day, if you knew on the other side, you just grab an envelope and another hundred bucks? Of course you would. You're smart people. You catch on. See, God says, I've made prayer accessible and beneficial, and the benefits are my presence. See, he made a door that we could walk through and engage the presence of the living God. We were made by God and for God to be in relationship with God. And once that was lost, fellowship lost because of sin, Jesus restored us. And when you're restored to him, when you come to faith through Jesus, you're made new. You now have a relationship with God. You have the very presence of God. He is beside you. He is before you. He is behind you. He is within you. He is with you. Prayer is not about prayer. Prayer is just the door to the presence of God. No wonder Moses said back in Exodus 3, look at the scripture. If you're, say it everybody with me. If you're what? If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Like, we, God, if you're not going to go, we're not going to go. Because what we need most is your presence. You're the center of life. We lean into you, look to you. Prayer is a door for God's perspective. We live in a world where we're confused and things are not clear. But we can know the wisdom of God and what's truly valuable. And we can gain insight in how do you win in relationships or marriage or family? How do you win in friendships? 
How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get kind of beyond the con of a world that lies and deceives and the evil one who misleads? Well, we get the, we get the wisdom of God. Look how the psalmist said it when David was writing Psalm 119. Let your love, God, shape my life with salvation exactly as you promised. Then I'll be able to stand up to mockery because I trusted your word. What does he mean mockery? The world mocks God's wisdom, but we know it's for true life, real life. In fact, he says, don't ever deprive me of truth. Not ever. Your commandments are what I depend on. I need, oh God, your perspective. And he grants it when we walk through this door of prayer. I need your peace. We live in such an unstable, uncertain world. Uh, economically, from national to international, the stuff going on that are leaning toward unstable relationships and wars from the Middle East to Iran to what's going on with, still with Ukraine and Russia to, to... You go read all this stuff, the threats and the instability and, and Britain say we're right on the edge of war and, and it creates this, God, I, 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 I anxious. And if that's not enough for anxious, just look at what's ahead of us in 2024 politically and then sit inside the, the, the economics of, of, of our debt as a nation and then the stability of the dollar and then the, it costs 20% more to live today than it did three years ago. And that, not alone, just for, for how do you care for your own kids and lead them forward and, and, and manage the future and your own issues of health and the like. And, and in all of that, you're like, God, I'm anxious. And then, and then what does God say to us? What does the Holy Spirit inspire? Look at Philippians. You might be familiar. The Lord is where? Here. I couldn't hear you. The Lord is where? Here. The Lord's near. So don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by what, everybody? Prayer. Prayer, the most powerful and practical thing you can engage to walk through the door into the presence of God, the perspective of God, and the peace of God. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the what of God? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. We get his presence. We get his perspective. We get his peace. And we get his power. I can't pull all this off on my own. I wasn't designed to. David in Psalm 18 Look at what he said. I love you, Lord. So intimate, so personal. I. It's not just we, I. Me to you, oh God. I love you. I mean, this is heart stuff. This is affection. I'm, I'm relationally engaged. Because I love you. Lord, the one to whom I bow, my strength. My what? Strength. I mean, he fights for you, and he gives you strength to fight. All the benefits that this loving God extends to us in prayer. Because prayer is really not about prayer. It's the door to God's presence and his perspective and peace and power. And you discover that someone's on the other side of that door. So it's yours if you want it. And today's teaching is, how do I pray? 
We're going to get right into this, how do I pray? And I want to just give you a reawakening thought. We've kind of been tapping into this, but I'll, I'll put it to you like this on the screen. If you want a breakthrough, go back to the basics. If you really want a breakthrough, you got to go back to the basics. Right now, the NFL are in the playoffs. And the playoffs are the payoff for what everybody was doing last July, six months ago. <laughs> because what they were doing then is the basics. Professional athletes, football players who already know the basics are doing the basics. Why? Why? <laughs> because they know, look at this, because they know you cannot win without building on the basics. And so that's why we're in this conversation in the month of January. We're building on the basics. We're here to grow and flourish. And often when the Bible teaches us, when God's talking to us about how you grow and flourish, he uses this agricultural kind of, kind of the plant picture. And so Pastor Jason has been sitting inside Psalm 92. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish. They will what everybody? Flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. That is good news. In old age even. And they will stay fresh and green. I, I think Jason picked this scripture just to harass me. He said, man, I want you to go teach on prayer, and I want you to remind us that, that, that we can flourish at any age for young cedars and for old cedars. I didn't need somebody to tell me, tell me that uh, I was old, but, but Einstein Bagel helped me anyway. I was there a couple of weeks back, and uh, I shared this at the 50-plus gathering, and we had made our order as a family. Kids were with us, and... When it, I, you might not know this, but at Einstein Bagel, the screen of what they're putting in for your order is, is to you as well. So you can literally see everything they're putting in. So I stand there talking to the guy, and I can see that everything he's putting in. And then he pauses and looks up at me, then goes back down, and I see, typed across, senior discount. <laughs> he didn't even ask. He just looked up and went, oh, yeah, senior discount. I don't need somebody to tell me I'm old, but thank you. I saved my four bucks. This was awesome. That's the first time it's ever happened. It's going to happen a lot more. But flourishing is for old cedars. And by the way, hey, listen, just 50 plus, we've invested in this. Let me just tell you, if you were part of the gathering, some 900 of us here in this room for 50 plus and what God is launching among us to flourish together, you text 2024 to 37748 to jump in on the February 13th launch into gathering to small group stuff. You were here. You already know it. You're signing up. If you haven't yet, you want to sign up. If you missed it, listen, if you're 50 plus, any part of this Listening in and you like, oh, I don't even know what, what went on. Well, you can just email pk at 12stone.com and I'll send you several clips. You listen to whatever you want, but it'll catch you up and you'll be a part of it. But listen, this flourishing is not just for old, it's for young. It's for middle-aged. It's for any stage of life. If you're a middle school or high school, the flourishing design of God is for you. If you're single, dating, married, kids, empty nester, doesn't matter. If you're a lower economic, middle economic, higher economic, irrelevant. Highly educated, not highly educated, irrelevant. God's design is that you would flourish, and he puts you in his church to do so. See, the church is not a service. The church is the soil. This is not a service. This is the soil where God plants you. 
It is God's design that in this very place of his church, the soil would nurture you. And from this, you would flourish in life because the things you care about, God cares about. God cares about your life. It's the very things that you pray about. If we put a list on the screen and said, oh, what are the things that we tend to pray about? We pray about stuff that's in the kingdom of God. We pray about family. Like you go, what do you tend to pray about? Oh, oh, my relationships, my marriage, my kids, my family, etc. my friends, your finances. God, here's what I'm going through, your work and your career, your struggles, whether it's in crisis that comes along or setbacks or sorrows or health issues, your future. And I'm anxious about that. God, All the things that you would pray about, God says, yes, pray about those things. Bring those things to me. This is normal. And this is where I want to help you flourish in real life. So pray about these things. See, Psalm 92 is telling us that it's right there in the most practical arenas of real life that God has designed us to flourish. And there's a correlation between where you are planted and how you flourish, which is why we're in this conversation right at the beginning, right here in January of 2024, to invite you to flourish. Even so far as to say, plant here for the next year. Quit uprooting. It's popular to church hop. Don't for a year, just settle in. Flourish. If after a year you say, I'm, it's, I'm not growing, I'm not flourishing, God's, then, then we'll help you find another church. We're serious about that. Because we, we don't want people, to, we don't want you to come to a service. We want you to flourish. And we were designed for this in God. See, this is not religious. This is a relationship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. See, we've been setting up this conversation in the new year, recognizing that our connection with God from mind to heart to will, all three of those have to come together. Let me put it this way. Look on the screen. Let me just give you a summary because we've been looking at the summary for the series. Your mind is leaning into biblical knowledge. How do I read the Bible? And Pastor Jason talked us through last week. Many of you have been on the devos this weekend and been encouraged to, to break through and how you read and understand and interpret scripture applied to your life. Then heart, spiritual intimacy. How do I pray? And that's where we're going today. That's the point of today's conversation. And then will, holy obedience. How do I actually live for Christ? Pastor Jason will pick that up next week. And while they're all integrated, the real goal is that the distinctive of your mind, your heart, and your will would come together. And you want to bring these all together. The more they overlap, wherever they overlap, that right there is where you flourish. That's real growth. That's real maturity. So here we are. We're trying to lean in and apply this. How do I pray? It's a really big question. And the truth is, we need wisdom for prayer. And it's difficult to, to know how without the right wisdom. And so I, I thought I would employ comedian John Christ to just give us a quick perspective on the wisdom needed in prayer. I see all kinds of stuff. You're going to start seeing it. Some of the, I ain't praying for that. You're going to start seeing it. These 12 guys decided, this is true, decided to climb Mount Everest. Okay, they got to the Christian hikers. They got to the top. And everybody's like, it's a miracle. And then there was a storm. They couldn't get down. And it was going around Facebook. Pray for the hikers. Pray for the hikers. Pray for the hikers. I just put a thumbs down. I go, no. 
Imagine God, like what? Imagine God getting those prayer requests. Again, he's up there, widows, orphans, missionaries, disease, war. He goes, what? <laughs> Paul, what is it? <laughs> Where are they? I don't even want y'all up there. You should have prayed for wisdom when you were back at the house, dude. Uh, how do we pray? We need wisdom. And yes, you have lots of questions. I know that a lot of our questions can lean into, would you explain this side of prayer and this side of prayer? And we talk about answers to prayer and why. And I, it, Those are other teachings. Today, we are going to laser in on how do I pray. In fact, I've already put on the screen benefits of prayer, the things that we would pray through. Now we're going to go to this question, how do I pray? We're going to, if you will, kind of fill in the blanks right here. So let me help us think about this. How do I pray? Jesus made himself accessible through the door of prayer. Listen, prayer, say with me, prayer is not our big idea. It's not like a group of people sat down, okay, we got to do religious stuff. What should we do? I got an idea. Pray. What's pray? Pray is us talking to God. The Bible, God talks to us. Prayer, we talk to God. This wasn't our big idea. This was God's big idea. So you almost need to understand, if you will, the theological mechanics, the framework, the setup, what God did to make it possible for us to connect with him. Because listen, he's not hiding. Just Tell your neighbor, he's not hiding. Just look at the person next to you. He's not hiding. And do that with enthusiasm. That was kind of passive. No, he's not hiding. It's, he's, not, he's not like a $100 bill wrapped up. Put somewhere in the building, up in the rafters. You're going to spend $200. You'll never find him. But when you do, aren't you the lucky one? That's only for pastors and super spiritual people. It's not true. Now, it is true you must seek. You're going to have to go through the door. You have a role in this. But he built the door. And you don't have to play God in your life. Pause for God. As a habit of your heart, you're in relationship with God. Pause for him. See, prayerlessness is just playing God in your life. And you don't have to. You can pause for God and engage him. In our silly little illustration, Jesus built the coffee shop. He built the counter. You didn't do all that work. He is the door. Just walk through it. Don't make complicated what God made accessible. Now, prayer gives us a framework that Jesus made possible. And sometimes we just need a clear biblical theological understanding of how he set it up. We pray to our heavenly father. And this is the moment where you like, oh, if, I, if you don't know this, just get your phone out, snap a picture. So you have an understanding or jot it down. We pray to our heavenly father in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why do we do that? Why does prayer operate that way? Well, let me just walk you through briefly scripture. We pray to our heavenly father. This then is how you should pray, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. Now, I'm going to pause right here. 
When Jesus taught this, this is before Jesus was understood by all to be the son of the living God, the Messiah who would give his life, die, rise from the dead, having covered our sin debt, he would now, if you will, be established as the Messiah, Lord and Savior. He was God in human flesh. This was before we understood the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come. So when people say, well, we pray to God the Father, but can't we sometimes like talk to Jesus and talk to the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes, and yes, all God. But here's how Jesus taught us to pray. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. So we pray to our heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. Why? Because this is what Jesus taught us. So scripture goes on. And I will do whatever you ask, what? In my name. Say it with me. I will do whatever you ask, what? In my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We ask in the name of Jesus because that's the access, the door in prayer. By the power of the Holy Spirit. But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit who is in us who is beside us, who is before us, who is behind us, who is within us, the power of God. So how do I pray? Let me take it a step further. You have to keep walking through the door. Again, let's not overcomplicate it. In fact, I've already read a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to go back to them, and I want you to take note of the biblical expressions of prayer. This is the stuff you start jotting down, but we're still going to make it accessible. So I just want to go another layer. We've already sat in some of these scriptures. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. Hang on. When he says petition, you can translate that. In the Greek, it means your stuff. Sort of. What it really means is the stuff that burdens you, the stuff that's on you, the stuff that, that, that you care about, the stuff that weighs on you, your stuff with thanksgiving. In other words, gratitude, God, for your goodness. Now present your request. There it is. Your stuff to God. See, God is already giving us clues for expressions of prayer. It's around the stuff that weighs on us, our stuff, if you will, and thanksgiving. But there's more. Let me just tap into the other scripture that we've already read through, which is the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus said, our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, hallowed, hallowed, it means honor and adore. Honor and what? Adore. When you pray, you pray to the Father. And the very first thing, honor your name. We revere you. We honor you. We adore you who is like unto you, O God. You have no equal. Your name is almighty. Who else? What else would we worship? Give us today our daily bread, my needs, my stuff of life, and forgive us our debts. It's my confession, my consecration, as we also forgive our debtors. If it's not clear through this, there's at least four expressions of prayer, and I want to give those four expressions to you. This is now to the practical how-to. You ready? Here's the how-to. Four expressions of prayer. It's an acrostic. I don't know where it came from. I've known it, it seems, my whole life. It's A-C-T-S, often called Acts of Prayer. It's an acrostic, A-C-T-S, 
Adoration, in fact, we'll put it up on the screen. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and I'm just, it's supplication, but I just call it stuff. So say those with me. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, stuff. Again, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, stuff. And now with some fire and passion, loud and proud, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, stuff. A-C-T-S, acts. You, this is accessible. You can do this. You can engage the presence of God. These four expressions of prayer together create a more complete path of prayer. So engage them. Practice them. In fact, let me just take it further. Let me put on the screen and give you just a way to understand. And this is more information than you can absorb or need to absorb, but it's not important. It's not necessary that you absorb it all. Okay? Adoration. What we really mean by that is his name and his nature. You're like, well, I, don't, I don't know really how to adore God. How do I pause in a moment in Scripture and honor and adore God? Well, it's his name and his nature. Confession, which is really consecration. This is what is holy and what is healthy. Thanksgiving, my expressed gratitude for God's goodness, stuff. Man, God, lead me in this, with this. And God, help me with this. It's just four simply profound expressions of prayer. The order is not really that important. In fact, when we encourage you to text Devo to 37748, we're going to help you walk through the application of acts in prayer. And when we do, we'll do it from the Psalms. So you got to learn things like adoration. Adoration, the names and the nature of God. By names of God, we mean things like God Almighty, which is El Shaddai. But you don't need to say, oh, El saying El Shaddai doesn't make you all of a sudden more holy. If you use Hebrew, you didn't just drop into a new level of holiness or good shepherd or healer or creator, Yahweh, Jehovah, the I am, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord. Those are his names. His nature is different. He is holy. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere present. See, these Things of the nature and the names of God help you adore him. Then confession. Oh God, where am I unholy and unhealthy? Thanksgiving, how good has he been? It's just stuff. God, here's what I'm traveling through. And I will walk through that as a habit every morning. And honestly, if I have like a one out of 10 where that's, you know, just too tight a morning, I'll, I'll spend the first seven, 10 minutes in adoration. And then I'll practice the rest through the day so that I can teach you one thing. You ready? There's one thing that you got to hear. I set all this up for you to learn the acts and then the power of one minute prayers. And here's the power of one minute prayers. Doesn't it seem odd to have someone present and not actually relationally engage their presence. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Hey. See, I like Michael. I have a relationship with Michael. Mike and I have talked all about this stuff. 
I love Michael's hair. Don't you like the new hair, Michael? Way better than Jason's shaved nine-year-old haircut. I'm just saying, that's the haircut I had when I was young. But doesn't it seem odd to have a relationship with Michael and have him present and not engage his presence? See, if God is with you and before you and behind you and beside you and within you all day, and he's right there, and the door is a few inches away, and you're not engaging him, doesn't that seem odd? Yeah? So let's thank Michael for helping us out. That was awkward, wasn't it, Michael? And let's help each other. You take those four expressions of prayer and all day talk to God. All day. You're, you, you leave the house and you're headed to work or you're dropping the kids off to school. And on the way, you can talk to God. You can look up and, oh my goodness, look at the creation. And you can say, you're the creator. And you can deliver a one-minute prayer. He's right there. Just walk through the door. Engage his presence. Pray with your kids. Pray over your kids and tell them, I can't be with you all day. But he will be. So when you hit your test, you just do a one-minute prayer. God, help me remember everything I studied. It's a rough prayer. You say, God, help me remember everything I didn't study. That's a little bit of a rougher prayer. Confession. Do it in the moment. It's usually when I'm driving. Jesus, did you see that? I saw it. And what I just said was justified, but forgive me. But like when you mishandle something or someone and the Holy Spirit says, why did you just dismiss that person? Why did you say that to that person? Why did you just do that in your marriage? Why did you just do that with your kids? God will arrest you by his spirit in that moment. Don't dismiss it. Pause. Take a one minute prayer. Oh my goodness, God, you're right. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Just be in a running dialogue with the living God. He's right there. It's odd to have God present, talk like he is and not engage him relationally, isn't it? Why not? He is so accessible. It is so beneficial. You're walking into a meeting. Dear God, please give me wisdom in this. I'm not sure if this is going to go left, right, or straight, but I need your wisdom. One minute prayer. He's with you. <laughs> Come on in, Jesus. Now, I wouldn't say that out loud. Come on in, Jesus. Hey, y'all, I'd like you to meet my friend Jesus. <laughs> that might be a little odd at work, but it's true for you. You might be waiter waitressing. Holy Spirit, as I walk to this next table, would you help me serve these people really well? Give me a better attitude than I have right now. You might be at the table. God, a waiter, waitress, I don't know what day they're having, but help me to make it about them, not me. You're a mom. Kids are walking home from the bus. God, as my kids walk home, Holy Spirit, would you give me wisdom and patience to love them well? A minute. All throughout the day. And end your day. Four minutes of prayer at the end of your day. You just lay there in bed. God, I wrap this day up and I tell you I adore you. Holy is your name. And you pick something about the name of God or his nature. You are all-knowing. Thank you, because I feel like I'm lost half the time. I'm so grateful you know all things. 
Lord, is there anything today that I have done that's unholy or unhealthy? And you just wait in his presence for 30 seconds of quiet. He brings something to mind, you deal with it. <sighs> yeah, you're so holy, I want to be holy like you. I want the benefits of that life. Thank you, Lord. You know, all through the day when something good happens, I have a habit of my heart, and I have for decades, that when something good happens, the first person I thank is Jesus, not myself, not someone else. Every good and perfect thing comes from him. I'll have several thank prayers all through the day. And that night, I'll pitch two or three things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the place we live in. Thanks for providing. Thanks for this good thing that happened with my son or my daughter. Thanks for this good thing that happened in my relationship with a friend. Thanks for this good thing that happened at work. God, I got stuff. I need your help. But you know what? I need to go to sleep. And since you don't, would you just take all that stuff overnight? Let me sleep so I can wake up in the morning and we'll pick it up in the morning. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> it's a Listen, do not underestimate the accessibility, the simplicity in the invitation of God to walk through the door. Yeah. And now my last couple of minutes. This is not for me. Just do a quick teaching, get it over with. Doesn't feel quick to some of you anyway. <laughs> I keep getting asked hundreds of times through the years, how do you come from such broken places? Estranged from your dad, divorced, parents divorced when you're 12, 13 years old. You were an emotional mess, anger issues most of your life, raised in a single parent home. Everybody attributes that to being a pastor. I got to tell you, I don't know that being a pastor ever helped me in this way. I'm not sure being a pastor helped me heal. It exposed a lot of things. I'm, so I'm going to tell you what made the difference. When I was 12 to 13 years old, I learned how to pray. I discovered somebody was on the other side of that door. And everything that was broken in my life could be healed by the one who's on the other side of that door. If I would keep walking through that door. I learned how to do adoration, confession, thanksgiving and stuff. And I was practicing this in my teen years. I learned how to bring dysfunction, ambition, stress, success, Failure, a marriage that didn't start well, stuff I could never talk to any human being about. I, knew, I learned how to bring the Garden of Gethsemane, the weight of my world to the living God and walk through the door. This is not religious for me. This is the intimate relationship with the living God who will grant his presence, his perspective, his peace and his power. If anything good has come in my life, it's because I learned how to walk through the door. I, I know I do silly illustrations. You know, I got Michael walking beside me and it looks dumb. Because I want you to remember, God's right there. Why aren't you walking through the door? It's odd that he would, you would talk like he's present and then not treat him like he's present. 
I know a $100 bill. I'm not talking about money. But I can tell you this, the equivalent of the benefit of God, if you do that every day, all week, that's $700 a week of God's presence, God's perspective, God's, God's peace, and God's power. And I've done that every year for 50 years. That adds up to about $1.8 million. Listen, that's not privilege. That's prayer. That's available for everybody. You want the benefits of the power of God in your life? You just walk through the door. I don't have anything to brag on except the fact that I discovered that if you engage the presence of God that he has already made possible, he will show up because he's already there. When we say text Devo to 37748, it's not like some trinket thing. Oh, this is a little program. This is an invitation to engage the living God. And I hope you will. See, you already said, if you knew 100 bucks was on the other side of the door, you'd do it all day, every day. Well, it is. It's the presence and the perspective and the peace and the power of God. So that's it. How do I pray? A-C-T-S, Acts. And so I'm going to turn the service over to the campus pastors. They're going to step in. They're going to pray over you. They're going to pray with you. They're going to show you how the Psalms, for example, in Scripture work to walk through adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and your stuff. Church, may God grant us a personal awakening in prayer with His presence. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.